Um, I, I actually believe that the debate should be changing a little bit. I mean, we we are. Uh, th- this isn't new to South Africa. We've we've had crises like this before, and they tend to be crises to some degree of maladministration, poor planning, um, and, and typically speaking, there's there's a political connection to a lot of what's going on. And I, I'd like to I'd like to see the debate around both Eskom and um, the water crisis. Uh, perhaps bring off uh, another debate about uh, the potential for privatization. I think it's long overdue, to be quite honest. Um, and, and I'm wondering uh, whether it's not also a solution for, for some other um, post-date potentially like an SAA. Now, it's, 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 uh, I'd say it's true to say that South Africa has a precedent, uh, at least one precedent that I can think of, that's actually worked quite well, and that's with Telcom. So Telcom was partially privatized, um, and Telcom has, has pulled itself together in, in quite an impressive way. It's producing uh, profits now, which contribute to the fiscus rather than being a drain on the fiscus. Uh, they're producing value for their end clients. Um, and, and we haven't heard any uh, crisis unfolding on, on that front at all. So partial privatization seems to me something of, of a solution, uh, both because it would assist governments in raising uh, funding this time from the private sector, but it would also inject a, a, a fair amount of accountability because you'd have properly apportioned boards, you'd have a listing potentially on the JSE, which would come with its own uh, regulatory oversight. Uh, and the combination of all of that, I think, could see uh, the likes of electricity and potentially uh, water uh, become something of um, a business opportunity for, for companies that are prepared to go down that road. We've seen with, uh, within the electricity space, we, we have private producers that have started contributing to the grid and they've done so successfully. So I, I think that we should start uh, talking about privatizations and the benefits that that can bring and potentially start to put some of the uh, political wrangling around this issue and, and hopefully some of the ideologies that have uh, proved to be um, um, uh, uh, Ill, uh, ill-conceived in, in some cases um, from, from damaging what needs to be uh, very strategic resources that, that South Africans uh, need and use. And then uh, looking at Eskom and uh, they, George, are, of course, expected to produce uh, delayed interim results today. Uh, what are the positives to take out of this? Okay, so the first positive is that um, they will their, their bonds are not going to be delisted. In other words, their bonds will continue trading um, as they've been listed on the JSC. So that's, uh, I think, uh, at first positive. Uh, we need to we, we, we need to appreciate that um, funding for, for Eskom will now probably become... Uh, available from the banks, partly given that they have uh, reconstituted the board. And I've looked at some of the members of that board, and and they look like upstanding um, uh, people with a lot of experience uh, and and have the ability potentially to to institute a a strong turnaround strategy for Eskom. So I'm looking forward to seeing how, how that all unfolds. Uh, you may even find that uh, amidst all of this negativity that uh, we've in fact hit the low point for Eskom if this board is allowed to do what it, what it needs to do. Um, and again, dare I say, uh, I, I'm hoping that this board uh, thinks about the, the, the potential benefits to, to a partial privatization of the likes of Eskom, um, both on the distribution and on the, the generation side. Uh, it's done in other countries around the world. I, I see no reason why it can't be done in South Africa. 
And then, George, looking at the intraday data in the form of money supply and the latest government finance figures, any chance of improvements there? So, um, so you know, on, on, on both those fronts, I think it might be a little bit too soon. Um, we, we must always appreciate that economic data, when it's released, uh, always comes out a month or two behind um, where we, we currently are. And towards the back end of, of 2017, South Africa was still going through quite a difficult uh, economic patch. Uh, there was, of course, um, the, the looming elective conference. There was all the negativity and the impact on things like business and consumer confidence. So I'm not sure that we'll see the improvements just yet. Uh, that being said, if, if I end that one on a, pos- on, on a more positive note, I, I suspect that the improvements through the course of the next few months will become visible in the data, and um, you know we can start talking about uh, a better 2018. And just a final one, George, before I let you go. Uh, Global growth dynamics, they also appear to be improving. So is 2018 shaping up to be a better than expected year? Yeah, Sakina, it looks looks that way. So, you know, I've just been looking at the markets this morning out of Asia. And yes, they've they've opened uh, generally down. But we're talking, uh, you know, we, we need context here because they're opening down. Um, and they're not far off record levels. Uh, at the same time, you've got uh, um, Japan's uh, labor demand, which um, has has uh, strengthened uh, considerably and, and is giving uh, rise to expectations of wage increases, which is something quite different for Japan. Uh, Australia's business conditions have been very strong in December and, and confidence uh, continues to grow. Um, U.S. US consumer spending has has also increased uh, quite considerably, and and savings have dipped. Now, now savings dipping is not necessarily a good thing, but in this instance, it's because confidence is so so good at the moment that um, people are choosing not to save uh, and and choosing to go out there and spend instead, which of course will be part of a cycle. But for the time being, it's it's still good. Uh, the ECB is still looking at uh, pumping out their, their quantitative easing and pumping cash out up until inflation rises. And you've even got the likes of the Germans uh, that have raised their growth forecast to 2.4%. So, you know, add to that, UK is looking better as well. And emerging markets more generally are enjoying the benefits of, of improved risk appetite. And I think, yes, 2018 is shaping up to be a substantially better year than 2017. Um, albeit a very late cycle boom, I think it will be uh, a much stronger and, and improved environment nonetheless. And uh, I said that was the last, but here's a quick message from one of our listeners, and I just want you to comment on this briefly, George. Uh, uh, this listener says economic recovery in South Africa uh, in its capitalist form will not benefit the poor workers, but only billionaires. Uh, that's from MK Sibotoma. Do you agree with that? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I don't at all, unfortunately. Uh, the, the one way that we have seen unemployment drop around the world has been through a more capitalist approach to, to um, economic uh, financial uh, economic management. So that would be the first thing that I'd say. You, you create jobs through creating incentives for people to, to want to run companies, to want to be able to, uh, to, to create profits, etc., you don't do so by stifling the very engine that produces the jobs which employs people in the first place. Uh, and and um, over and above that, uh, if you want a strong government, you need a strong private sector that will be able to pay the tax base 
uh, pay taxes, broaden the tax base such that it can help the poor. Uh, that, that does not happen through a sluggishly growing economy. It happens through a dynamic, vibrant, uh, growing economy. And, and, and uh, history has shown us that there are very few examples where uh, capitalism has been beaten. Um, certainly communism has failed. And even if you look at the likes of uh, China, uh, they are turning more capitalist by the day. So I, I, I would take uh, I, I would I would debate that very strongly and and suggest that no we need to we need to look at quite the opposite and and give the private sector free reign to do more and also perhaps um, stop obsessing about the billionaires and start obsessing about the millions of people that um, remain impoverished and out of a job.